Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Today, Illinois became the first state in the U.S. without a cash bail system. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The big thing that's changing? People won't have to pay to get out of jail. But judges will still be able to hold someone pre-trial in certain circumstances. This change comes after years of debate and litigation. Now, to learn what's next for the state now that cash bail is out, we talked to WBEZ criminal justice editor Patrick Smith. And we started by asking him about the Pretrial Fairness Act and how it's bringing about systemic change. Yeah, so the Pretrial Fairness Act, it was part of the big criminal justice omnibus bill that was passed in the wake of the George Floyd uprisings. This was the Safety Act you might have heard people Mm -hmm. talking about. That bill did a lot. It increased oversight of police, expanded services for crime victims. But the part that was most discussed, probably the biggest change in there, was that Pretrial Fairness Act that you're talking about. And the top Mm -hmm. line of it is the abolition of cash bail, which— You know, it's dead today. Uh, Today is the first day without cash bail. So that Pretrial Fairness Act, it means money no longer plays a part in determining who gets held in jail and who gets released while awaiting trial. There's some other details in there, like changing the risk assessments, who gets notified about pretrial hearings. But honestly, the Pretrial Fairness Act, it's pretty simple to understand. No more cash bail. No more cash bail. And, I mean, you alluded to this, but Illinois lawmakers passed the legislation back in the beginning of 2021. So why was there this delay? Because it's been a minute. Well, it ha- and it was always supposed to be a minute, actually. I mean, this is a huge change. It's a- it changes everything about the way people are processed and handled and decisions are made before trial, like right after people first get arrested. So this was originally supposed to go into effect of Jan- January of 2023, so January of this year. So it was always going to be two years. And the idea okay. was we're making a huge change to our system. County players, officials, mm-hmm. attorneys are going to need time to get ready. We're going to give them two years. It got delayed even further because there was a lawsuit, that cha- multiple lawsuits actually, but one that made its way to the uh, state Supreme Court that challenged this change as unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. The state Supreme Court uh, ruled against that lawsuit. They said, no, this law f- fits the Illinois Constitution. And that's when the Supreme Court set this date of September 18th as this is when it's going to go into effect. I see. Well, you mentioned there are still instances when judges can choose to hold someone in jail mm-hmm. before their trial. So give us some examples. Yes. Yeah, so so the uh, actually at the a press conference that I was monitoring this morning, uh, I think it was State Representative Slaughter who used the term um, like the detainment net. So so what this law does is it sets a, a bar where if you are accused of a certain high level crime, you know, crimes that involve weapons, crimes that involve violence. Uh, you are eligible to be held in jail pre-trial. Okay, so cash bail is not automatic for you well, in that case. Well, there's no cash bail at all, but release is not automatic for you. Gotcha. You are eligible to be held in jail. Then the judge has to determine either you are a threat to the public, like you, you endanger public safety, or we think you're a threat to flee. We think you're not going to show back up for court. And because of that, uh, we're going to hold you in jail pre-trial. So there, there will still be cases where people who are, again, accused of serious crimes— and are determined a, a risk to flee or a risk to public safety, they will be held in jail. Mm. They don't have the option of, of paying to get out as, as some people would under the, the old system. I see. I, I'm, I'm wondering if some of that could get complicated as far as the terminology, right? Because they're talking about flight risk or safety risk. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly, you know, you hear me trying to like break it down here. Right. Where it's like, well, first there's a category of people who are eligible and then you have to make a determination. So it could get murky with the language. I also think, you know, this is going to be and kind of part of the point of the law is the law essentially is saying if you're going to hold someone in jail pre-trial, which means they haven't been convicted of anything yet, they have the presumption of innocence, if you're going to hold them behind bars pre-trial, you've got to meet a really high bar. And and the idea is that the old system, some of it sort of felt pro forma. You know, mm-hmm. you're accused of this and, and you go to jail and you wait there till your trial. Now there's going to be hearings. There's more. I mean, there already were hearings, but there's going to be sort of more rigorous, more vigorous hearings. There's going to be more paperwork that has to be filed mm. in an effort to, to keep someone jailed. And the idea from proponents of this is to say, yeah, if you're going to keep someone locked up, you've got to go through the steps. You've got to prove that that's a that that's in the interest of the public. Yeah. I mean, what can we expect then in terms of uh, changes to the number of people who are detained? I think ultimately we're going to see a reduction in jail populations. Okay. We're going to see a reduction in the number of people who are detained. Uh, Loyola University researchers they say that around 200,000 people a year are admitted into county jails, all of the county jails around the state, and the average stay is about a month. I, don't, I can't tell you what percentage that's going to go down, but the idea is that uh, we're going to see fewer people locked up for things where it's like there are people in jail right now awaiting trial on crimes that are not eligible for detainment anymore. And those right. people will have a chance to get a new hearing and, and likely be released while they await trial. Yeah, um, the law is expected to, to change how charges of domestic violence and sexual violence are also handled. Tell us more. Yeah, I mean, that's something that actually, uh, this is a big thing we've heard from a lot of law enforcement groups and others who were opposed to this change. And they say it's bad for victims of crime. and It's bad for public safety. But a lot of advocates for crime victims, including advocates for victims or survivors of domestic violence, survivors of sexual violence, like you're talking about there, they say that this law is good. Because in the old days, and by the old days, I mean like, on Friday, you know, a couple of days ago, right. somebody could get picked up for, you know, alleged domestic battery. They might go to tr- they might go to court. The the person who was the survivor of that domestic battery might not have any idea when their bond court date is and they could pay some nominal amount and then they're out. And now under this new system, the victim or survivor in a crime, they have to be notified about these detention hearings and there's going to be a higher bar. You know, you can't just pay your way out. If a judge thinks you are a threat to the person you just battered or you are a threat to to other people. Mm-hmm. They can hold you in jail without, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Interesting. You talked a moment ago about just like the, the paperwork that's going to be involved in, in with this new process. And we know that Cook County Jail has long struggled with delays when it comes to trials. So I'm curious if people can expect that this, you know, this ending of cash bail means a shorter wait time? <laughs> no, I, I do not think that is yeah. the case. I mean, I, it's a huge problem in Cook County and elsewhere in Illinois. Trials, it can take forever for cases to be resolved. The longest waits are murder trials. Those can take like three plus years to even get to trial, sometimes a lot longer than that. Mm. However, what people think, especially people who are opposed to this, but I I don't think there's a lot of of controversy around this. People think this, if anything, is going to slow our court system down because now murder trials, you know, you're you're in jail either way, likely. And and, and this isn't going to affect that. But there's a lot of lower level crimes where people right now plead guilty because they've been waiting in jail for six months or three months or a year. And they say, well, at this point, you know, the penalty for what I got accused of is just going to be time served because I've already been in jail. So they're pleading guilty to things that maybe they're not guilty of or at the very least, maybe they want to fight in, in court. 
but they can't. And so mm-hmm. people are saying this is really going to gum up the system. We're going to have more cases go to trial, which takes time, which takes resources. And they think it's actually going to slow the court system down. Well, here's something we've discussed before, uh, Patrick. Uh, you know, the ending of cash bail, it means, OK, like you've said, people won't have to pay their way out of jail anymore. But uh, it, it reduces financial burdens, which is some of the, the, the main reason why mm-hmm. this was sort of brought to the forefront in the first place. But we know there's a huge class disparity in the mm-hmm. carceral system. So let's talk through that that nuance there. I mean, why won't that change? Yeah, I think that's a really important point that you're bringing up there, which is that this does change, uh, you know, the the system of deciding who gets held pretrial. It won't change who gets arrested and who gets charged with crimes. And right now, the majority of people who who are arrested and charged with crimes in Cook County, in Illinois, in the country are poor people. Yeah. And there's a variety of factors that, that lead into that. You know, that's not just about the police. That's not just about the court system. It's about all sorts of things. But it's just a fact. And so now, you know, Cook County Jail, as an example, it's still going to be filled with poor people. They just won't be there exclusively because they're poor. So, Patrick, what could this look like in rural rural areas, like places that don't have the staffing necessarily to, to handle such a big shift? Yeah, our reporter, Mawa Iqbal, who, who's based down in Springfield, has been doing a lot of good reporting on this. And, and I mean, they're worried about resources in, in the smaller counties, in the downstate counties. I mentioned the bar is higher to detain someone, more paperwork, a more vigorous court hearing. That takes time. It takes people. Rural counties are worried they don't have the prosecutors or the public defenders or even maybe the judges to handle that. Mm. Uh, this also asks more of police officers. Uh, now, under this new system, if police arrest you or, or, or you know, yeah, police arrest you for a crime that no matter what is not detainable. You can't be held in jail pre-trial. They are supposed to give you a citation and let you go. That is more paperwork and, and, and more burden on the police officers. They got to know which crimes those are. Now they got to fill out paperwork to give you the citation. They got to figure out what your court date is so they can tell you what it is. Mm. I'm not saying it's an un, you know unnecessary burden. I'm not saying that, but it, but it just is going to take more people. One rural sheriff told Mawa... You know, if I've got one officer who's in the office filling out paperwork for somebody, that cuts the number of people I have on patrol it's in half. One now less I have officer one person on the streets. Out there. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is one reform to the criminal legal system, of course, but there are advocates who want to abolish the system entirely. We've mm-hmm. heard that argument before. And others who just want to reform it, you know, further. So talk more about what some of the activists are, are hoping for now that we've got cash bail out of there. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's something I'm going to be watching. There are folks, folks, of course, who are going to be pushing for more radical changes through port protests, other acts. I mean, that's what it was mass protests after George Floyd's killing mm-hmm. that led to this change. I mean, there, to be clear, people have been working toward this, but that was what sort of pushed this radical transformation. And people are going to still be pushing to really drastically reduce the number of people we arrest and imprison. What I'm going to be watching for more incrementally is the people who push for this, they are going to keep trying to, you know, reduce the crimes that are eligible for detainment in the first place. Try to make it harder to detain people because, you know, they believe that detainment pretrial should be reserved. Some of them don't think it should be reserved for anybody. At the very least, it should be reserved for the, you know— most dangerous, the most likely to flee. So most violent. Yes, most violent. You're going to see them pushing hard to make it uh, even harder to detain someone. And people are going to be pushing on the other side as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Advocates are still worried about electronic monitoring increasing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, the idea is, you know, we we won't know until until we see what goes into effect is that the idea is that judges are going to be skittish about letting somebody out. They're going to say, I'm not allowed to keep this person in jail, but... They've committed seven burglaries in a row or, you know, allegedly or something like that. And I think they're going to do it again if I let them out. So 
I'm going to try to find this half measure where I where I put them on electronic monitoring. Um, the, the state Supreme Court actually just rolled out a program where they're going to sort of assist in electronic monitoring in 70 counties throughout the state. And it that program starts today, which is another thing that sort of has the fears of advocates going up, that they're sort of like, well, wait, is the state pushing electronic monitoring? And I should say mm-hmm. the person in charge of that program is saying, no, we are not pushing it. We're just trying to facilitate what judges might want. But, you know, the, there's still standards here, and we're not saying this is what judges should do. We're just trying to make it an option. But, yes, there's a big fear that there's going to be a big increase in electronic monitoring mm-hmm. as a way for judges to not detain someone but also not totally set them free pretrial. So Illinois is the first in the nation to fully eliminate cash bail. There's been all this debate, all this speculation, lots of research. So now that the change is here, Patrick, what could these next few months look like? I mean, I know it's day one, yes. but I mean, if you had your crystal ball, what would you say? And what will advocates on all sides of this be looking at closely? Yeah, well, I should say national advocates were a big part of pushing this here in Illinois, and they have told us here at WBEZ that they're going to be watching Illinois closely. They think that Illinois is going to prove to the rest of the country that you can have safety and justice and fairness in your system. So all, all eyes are on our time. state right now. All eyes are on our state because on the other side, people who have been opposed to other bail reforms in other states who are who are opposed to this, they're going to be looking for for the opposite. They're going to be looking for people who get released who you know have a rap sheet that that raises eyebrows. Looking for people you know who unfortunately commit a crime while they're out out awaiting trial. So all eyes are going to be here. All eyes are going to rate, you know, are going to try to elevate instances where it kind of proves their point. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Patrick Smith is criminal justice editor here at WBEZ talking with us about the end to cash bail in Illinois. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Max Lubers and edited by Daniel Tucker. Want to join the conversation? Get in touch with Reset directly. Our DMs, voicemail, and inbox are always open. And guess what? We love to hear from you. So tell us what you want to hear on the pod next. You can find us all over the internet at WBEZ Reset. Send us an email at reset at WBEZ.org or leave us a voicemail. That number is 888-915-9945. Thank you so much for listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and I will talk to you again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.